<laughs> yeah, that's better. It's so nice to actually see you all because I think you first invited us in September 2019. You lose track of the years at the moment, don't you? They're kind of whizzing. And we were going to come to your staycation in, I think it was around March 2020. And literally the week before that happened, it all kicked off. And <laughs> we didn't come. So I feel like you guys have been on our hearts the whole of that time, really. We've been thinking about you and watching you as your sort of story and your journey has unfolded. And it's absolutely brilliant to finally be here today and to see you. Um, we're so excited about getting to know you and spending time with you. So you've got to hold on to your seats for this talk. <laughs> um, we're going on a bit of a journey. Um, but before we go on our really exciting journey, we are, I'm just going to introduce myself. And um, obviously, I'm Ros and I'm married to Andy, and we've got three children. Um, the slide's going to come up um, there. So we've got three children, Josie, who's 17, Jess, who's 15, and Zach, who's 12. And just in case you already think we're a perfect family who can just take a perfect photo just like that, I just want to let you know that there were probably about 50 photos taken that looked like that <laughs> and like that. <laughs> and you just get to see the one of 50 um, that... We've all looked vaguely decent, have our eyes open and aren't pulling a stupid face. Um, but I'm a, um, I've been, me and Andy have been part of City Church in Newcastle for a really long time. Um, I'm a GP um, in Gateshead, um, which is on the other side of the river to Newcastle. And um, we are, um, one of the things that I really, really love is climbing mountains. And I guess... Some of you guys probably like that too, living where you live and going for beautiful walks. And one of the things that I really, really love about climbing mountains is the sort of sense of perspective that you get and the sort of changing view that you get. You know, as you travel through the landscape, you see the same thing from a different angle. And the view sort of changes depending on where you're standing. And I think it's the same with us. You know, I zoom into my head and my head is sort of one place. But actually, it's really good for me sometimes to zoom right out of my head and to see a sort of bigger picture. And, uh, you know, being me, I seem to spend disproportionate amounts of my time thinking about me. <laughs> and I guess that's no surprise. I think we're all a little bit like that. You know, my feelings, my hopes, my dreams, my disappointments in my head. Quite a lot of my life is actually about me. And uh, I guess it's no surprise, you know, that those old sort of cliches, the words sin and pride have got I right at the middle of them. And uh, of course, uh, me and my life and my head is, is part of something much bigger. And so it's so good to zoom out of our heads and our lives and go and see the world and, and our place in it from a, a bit of a different perspective. And one of the things I really love spending a lot of time doing is Google Earthing around the place. I love Google Earth. Um, just because it helps me to zoom in and zoom out. You zoom in and you see the detail and then you zoom out and you see the big picture. And in, the, in a way, the pandemic has been a bit of a zoom in, zoom out experience as well. Um, you know, we've 
who've been caught up in this truly sort of global event, really, unlike anything a lot of us have experienced in our lifetimes. And we're watching as other nations suffer. Um, you know, some nations are doing a great job at controlling the virus, others less. So, you know, intercontinental travel and connection globally has been sort of fueling transmission. You know, we've had this really zoomed out picture, but then we've also had a really zoomed in picture because so many of us have been alone and isolated um, and really zoomed in. We've had more time, some of us, uh, on our hands than ever before. And, you know, so many of us, not just us in this room, but us in this world are asking, who am I? You know, where do I fit in? What is my purpose in the big picture? Where can I make a contribution? You know, I'm feeling those things, and I, I feel that the whole world is feeling those things as well. And uh, I need a lot of help to zoom out of my head sometimes. And people like Tim Peake, uh, the astronaut who I really like, is one of those people who helps me to zoom out. Um, so uh, it was a number of years ago now, but um, his travels were amazing, and he did an amazing job of connecting us to the big picture of Earth. Um, you know, his view from his uh, space station window was just an incredible glimpse of the Earth. So here's some, I love these pictures, but here's a coral reef in the Bahamas. It's just so beautiful. And um, views of whole nations. Um, so, yeah, just whole nations in just one image. You know, just think of all the people in that shot. Uh, that live there, you know, the wars and the pain, uh, you know, the beauty that's just within that one image. What a sense of perspective there. Um, and then the Himalayas, you know, I love mountains. You know, that's Everest from space. Um, still looks quite big. Um, and then another view of the Himalayas. That's the Himalayas from space. You know, what a sense of perspective. And then there's views of civilization that he took as well. So this is a picture of Italy, you know, and all the cities and the people and the, you know, the bustling life that that picture is, represents. And then this one particularly got me because this one's Tyne and Weir from space. Love it. You can just see the Tyne wiggling out towards the North Sea. And as soon as um, I see um, the whole planet and whole countries in one view, I start to feel moved. You know, there's over, I even get emotional, so over 7 billion, billion, billion people in the world. But somehow, each of those people adored by God. Like, how is that even possible? Um, you know, it just blows your mind. You know, in time, and we're alone, there are 1,115,000, I can't say the number, it's so long, 156,300 people. And here in Leeds, uh, this is a picture of Leeds from Google Earth, there's over 800,000 people, and that's before we even get to Bradford, another 500,000 people. You know, there's just so many people everywhere, and the totally incredible thing is um, that God somehow made each one of them, loves each one of us, and, and knows each one of us. And uh, he's just an each one of them kind of God. And, and obviously the Bible is the story of God's love and purpose for each one of us. Um, and the whole book of the Bible makes that plain. 
Um, and uh, we're just going to go to one tiny little bit of the Bible, Acts 2. And this room really reminds me of Acts 2. We're gathering here together. I'm sure, I'm sure other people have said this to you before. I don't know. I've had such a strong sense of this. We're gathered together in the upper room. Uh, we're gathered together here for purpose this weekend, to be filled with God, to meet God, to encounter him, um, to fill, be filled with his spirit, each one of us, nobody excluded, so that we can go out of this building to reach in love the people uh, that we live amongst. And when the day of Pentecost came, uh, they were all together in one place, just like us. And suddenly the sound, um, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I love that passage, but there's something about it that I particularly love, and that's the inclusive language that you find kind of sewn repeatedly sort of right the way through it, because the words that really stand out to me are whole. Uh, you know, they were all together in one place. And it, the, the Spirit filled the whole house. And um, the tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's an everybody thing. You know, there's nobody excluded. Um, and there are so many amazing uh, things about uh, that moment in the upper room. But it's what it was was it's a totally new day you know it's it's a completely new dawn in the big story of god i mean if you like it's the beginning of a bit of a new era in the story of god um because before that point the holy spirit had only come on a few people often for particular tasks or for a a short period of time but at pentecost that changes forever and for us um and the disciples were told to wait there in the upper room, to wait and to gather there. Um, and the Holy Spirit comes, you know, the Holy Spirit comes. He's a comforter. Who needs comfort? I need comfort. I need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes. He's a counselor. Who needs counseling <laughs> or counsel? I need counsel. I need the Holy Spirit. He comes with intimacy. Who needs intimacy? <laughs> I need intimacy. We all need intimacy. You know, and he fills us. He promises to fill us with an extraordinary power. Well, who needs power? I, I need power. I'm really weak. I feel really weak. And especially so many of us feel really weak after what we've kind of going through collectively. But somehow this power isn't just to comfort and counsel and to benefit from the intimacy. This power somehow also then propels them out of that room, um, full of love to the people around them. And Ali's already mentioned this, but a number of years ago I had a dream. And I don't think I've... Um, I, well, I know I've never had a dream quite like it because um, I don't dream very much at all. 
um, Andy dreams all the time, but I don't dream very much at all. It was an incredibly vivid dream. And uh, within that dream, I, I think for the only time ever in my life, I um, heard the audible voice of God. And basically, in the dream, I was in an airport terminal building, you know, sort of a large building in a wide open space with some mountains, of course, in the background. <laughs> and um, somehow, I was in the building, and there were people everywhere sort of moving. And somehow, I just became aware in my senses that there was an imminent threat to that building. Uh, it was very specific intelligence. Um, and it had shown that one of the passengers on an incoming flight um, had plans to completely destroy the building that all these people were in. It was really quite alarming and incredibly vivid, and the sense was that the intelligence was so accurate um, that it, it was happening. It was going to happen. It was imminent. I mean, maybe other people have these kind of dreams. I don't have these kind of dreams. Um, but um, th this intelligence was incredibly accurate. And then, into that sense of imminent threat, I heard and woke up hearing a very, very clear, very, very calm, authoritative voice just saying, would the whole church please get out of the building? Get out of the building with the whole church. Get out of the building. And I just woke up, just really, really suddenly, just woke up with this voice, with the whole church. Get out of the building. Actually, I put the please in. He didn't say please. <laughs> I'm too polite. <laughs> I'm very British. I'm sorry. Didn't say please at all. It was really urgent. And my first thought was, oh, my goodness, God's speaking to me. Like, that doesn't happen really like that. And, uh, you know, just sort of reflecting on that dream sort of immediately. God's speaking to me. Oh, my goodness, there's an immediate threat. That was so real. And then the other thing that was really, um, really stuck out to me about the dream was the word whole. So would the whole church get out of the building? And, and obviously, I've already talked about whole and how the spirits for all of us. But it wasn't just some of us getting out of the building. It was the whole church. Nothing excluded. And a number of years have um, gone by since then. But that dream remains as vivid now um, as it was then. And I feel like um, God wants to talk to the oak uh, from that dream and to all of us um, across the world about getting out of our buildings. Um, because, you know, buildings are amazing, um, but we're not here to sit inside them. <laughs> and um, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey now. Um, so I'm from Newcastle, um, and we're going to play with uh, Google Earth. So um, Andrew is now going to brace for impact because we are going into uh, international travel. But I love Google Earth because you can do this whole zooming in and zooming out thing. So we are going to zoom into Newcastle. And you can just zoom in just like that. So there's Newcastle where Andy and I have driven from. And if you zoom in even further onto the north side of the river, you can see the three bridges. Keep going, Andrew. And the castle gate where City Church meeting is just coming into view. Uh, the red circle at the top there. And that is the building, the home of 
City Church Newcastle, an incredible building, a complete gift from God. But really, as a church, we only, that's it. Actually, if you land on the street, that's the building. It's the building that used to house the generators that powered the trams that went around Newcastle. So it's a, it's a sort of power generation place, which is really cool. That's its history. But really, we spend only a few weeks of our lives in a church building, a few minutes, sorry, of our lives each week um, in a church building. Um, Actually, most of the week, um, we're living out of the building, all of us in our daily lives. So I know what would happen if you, took, if you put a red mark on every single member of City Church Newcastle and zoomed back out of um, City Church Newcastle and the Castlegate building, and yet each member of City Church Newcastle had a, a red mark on it, and you left that red mark tracking for a whole week, I think a large proportion of Tyne and Weir would become red because, as a people, we're everywhere. A few minutes in here every week, but we're everywhere. We're out. You know, wherever that is, we're out. We live out of the building. And uh, uh, that, to me, is amazing because we can become so focused on what's going on in here, but actually the majority of our time is spent out there. You know, we, we, with other people, Christians in in our area, we can reach and serve the area in which God has placed us. And um, what we're going to do now is just want to show you where I work. So um, I work on the south side of the river in Gateshead. And um, Gateshead is an area where 10,500 people live. Um, And if you zoom in a little bit further, Um, My building's that bottom left, there's a white roof, so there's the Tyne and the three bridges, and if you zoom in even further, that's my building with the red circle around it, that's Gateshead Health Centre, and if you land on the street, that's what it looks like from the outside, just quite a standard health centre, and if you go in through the doors, you'll find me, (laughs) sitting there, waiting, (laughs) and um, I have an alarm, if you... I have an alarm on my phone that goes off at 8.15. So my first patient walks in at 8.30, and at 8.15, every workday, a little alarm goes off on my phone, and those words pop up. Right here, right now, use me. And um, just reminds me to pray, because I spend more time in that room by a million miles than I do in my church building. And God's put me there to use me. And um, so I need his help. And I ask for God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. Um, but like, you don't work in Gateshead, so we're going to travel to Leeds. So, um, <laughs> so back out again. And look, that is the world from space. And look, there's Leeds. If you just go back, Andrew. I just, sorry. Ah! <laughs> um, there's Leeds. Look where you are in the world. Like, that's you, that's, that's a perspective, a view of you. Look, what you're, look where you are, I mean, it, it's just amazing. But now we're going to zoom into Leeds, so there you are in Europe, mountain ranges, and here you are in the middle of England, right in the heart of it. Couldn't be further from the sea, could you? <laughs> but, you know, what an amazing place to be, there's so much around you, and... Then if we zoom right into Leeds, I know that all those 800,000 people living there, West Leeds and Bradford, 
you know, you're placed here to reach those people and we'll go even closer in. Oh, look, there we are right in, what's this area called? Stanley, uh, and then if you go in a bit further, oh, look, there's a red mark on you. In fact, it's not you, it's the building next to you. But there you are. <laughs> and look, zoom in even further. We're getting closer. Oh, we've landed on the street. There's your building. That's where we are now, gathered in this upper room. But remember where you were? You're where in the world? Like, and those 800,000 people around you and 500,000 west of you in Bradford, you're surrounded by people. You know, and it's the same for you. I couldn't, I really wanted to have pictures of you at work, but I don't know you well enough to, I nearly did email you, have some pictures of you at work, and then I thought, do you know what, I'll just stalk you, and I'm going to lift pictures off you from your website. So, <laughs> pretend, so pretend these are pictures of you at work, they're not. But there's all of you, look. Like all of you, you know, all sorts of different ages, you know, and I don't know really any of you, but each of you made by God uh, for purpose. Uh, each of you living your lives, you know, made by God to reach the people around you. Now, we're gathered here in this room, but this isn't where you spend most of your time. You spend most of your time out of this room, and you're only in this room to receive something from God so that you can go out, and each of you can have an alarm on your phone or a reminder at 8.15 when you're out that says, right here, right now, use me. And God made you to pray that prayer and to live that life that says, right here, right now, use me. Like God wants to use you. <laughs> That's what he's made you for. He's, he's got a purpose for you. He's got plans for you that not just prospers you, but prospers the people around you. You're good news. Like, not just the story in the Bible, you are good news. You out of this building are good news to the people that are around you. And, uh, yeah. So a slight change of tack, but it'll all come good at the end. <laughs> but um, I've got another story. Um, and I think a lot of us feel like a bit of a mess at the moment, and probably not just at the moment. I think a lot of us can feel like a bit of a mess quite a lot of the time. Um, that can sort of disqualify us from praying things like that, because we sort of think, oh, not here, not now. <laughs> you can't use me. Like, how? You can't use me. I'm too much of a mess, but I, yeah. But so just a story sort of that goes off a bit. But a few years ago, Andy and I um, and the kids were on the way to a holiday and we were involved in quite a nasty accident. And so we've got one of these um, folding camp... Well, we did have... It got smashed up. We did, <laughs> we did have one of these folding camper things that you've probably seen because loads of people at Christian festivals have got them. <laughs> um, uh, but we, we used to love our folding camper, and that's our 
well, that's, some, that's somebody pulling an identical version. And we love exploring the west coast of Scotland and the islands, and we were on the way to Harris, which is in the Outer Hebrides. And we were just travelling uh, down a really small country road, and uh, we were prob the camper was probably too heavily packed, and basically it just jack it jackknifed, and quite spectacularly jackknifed. And unfortunately, there was an oncoming car in the opposite direction, and that car uh, smashed into the jackknifed camper. So extremely potentially dangerous. And these things are, you know, made of balsa wood, and it literally, on impact, completely smashed to pieces. Like, it was shocking and really by the grace of god and and so fortunately absolutely nobody was hurt at all which was a complete miracle but the camper just you just couldn't have made it up it was in sort of two to three centimeter bits and all our belongings which we'd packed overpacked probably into all the cupboards were literally strewn across the road and the camper battery which powers the fridge had smashed and so the sulfuric acid within the battery had just exploded all over our belongings but we didn't realize that initially and it was only a sort of within a few days all our clothes started disintegrating and you know just it was just sort of completely unbelievable really and um at the point of the accident you know obviously the kids were really upset the whole thing was completely traumatic we were literally just picking things out of this heathery bank and you you know you just think oh do you know we're just gonna have to give up on this holiday disaster <laughs> like right should we turn around should we drive back to Newcastle but we really needed this holiday and we had been really looking forward to it and so we just had this sense from God that we should just keep going and carry on and that it was going to somehow work out and like we're parents and we should probably teach our children that we don't give up, turn around and just drive back and not have a holiday when we know there's something good ahead. <laughs> like, let's teach the kids. It felt like a bit of an adventure, didn't it? Like it was, we're going to believe in God at this moment that this is going to come good, even though literally it looks like a complete disaster. So we made the decision just to keep driving, and so we did. And we, so we arrived on the island of Harris at peak season in the summer with absolutely nowhere to stay and some belongings that were about to disintegrate. <laughs> but we didn't know that yet. So we had absolutely nowhere to stay. And um, to cut a longer story short... Uh, within an hour of arriving on the island and the lady in the tourist office being very kind and letting me use her phone and her internet, we had found the most incredible holiday house, which um, was offered to us at a discount price. We can't normally afford to stay in self-catering properties in the summer because they're so expensive. It was offered to us at discounted price, and it was one of those places that's so nice that when you look at the website, it's booked for 18 months in advance. But it had just ha it just so happened that there had been a last-minute cancellation the week before, and so it was free, and the, they go the, dis um, the discount as well. And uh, on the second night there, I was spending time with God in this incredibly beautiful holiday house, probably in the prime location on the Isle of Harris. Just sort of reeling, really. I think by that stage, our belongings had started to disintegrate. <laughs> you know, and you've, you're, you know, you've got it all. Um, 
and you know the memories of it all and oh, oh my goodness what's happening and for some reason I'm a bit of a random thinker but for some reason I was thinking about white horses in the Bible I mean who does that <laughs> but I was I was thinking about white horses in the Bible and what they mean and how um, sometimes in the Bible a white horse can symbolize uh, the very presence of God, you know, strong, mighty, conquering Jesus coming straight into difficult situations. And I decided to read Revelation because there's some white horses in there. I don't know if you, any of you go on these random things. <laughs> so I read Revelation and I looked at all the white horses that are mentioned in Revelation and then just randomly decided to look at a favourite photographer's of mine website. Um, somebody who takes um, uh, beautiful pictures of the Lake District but also of the Scottish Islands. And I was scrolling through his website, you know, having thought about white horses. And um, just suddenly I was arrested by this picture on the website. Um, oh my goodness, it's a, a white horse. I've just been thinking about white horses. <laughs> There's a white horse. Gosh, that's a really beautiful picture. And I just sort of, you know, was just really lost in that picture, really, looking at the white horse running, you know, with great strength and power. And, uh, and then as I was looking at that picture, I started to think there's something really familiar about that picture. It's the house you were staying in. It was the house I was staying in, <laughs> which we randomly found. Jesus was coming towards me in that house. And, you know, it was just one of those moments that you have with God where you're just like, oh, God, you know, thank you. You're coming towards me. You know, even in this mess, I and mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a mess. You know, people go through much worse. But even in this mess, with my clothes disintegrating, sulfuric acid, and, you know, the kids crying, and the camper in a million pieces down some Scottish hillside, Jesus, you are coming to me. You, you're here. You, you want to run towards me. You're, you're here for me. You're running towards me with all your love, all your power, all your strength. You're running right at me. I didn't know it, but you are. You know, even in this house, this house that feels like an accident, you're running towards me. And the truth is that as Christians, that this is true for each one of us, all of us. Do you know, right here, right now, this morning, today, in this building, there's a right horse running right at each of you right towards you. You know, that's true. And just really feel that, um, yeah, sometimes we don't realise there's Jesus wants to meet us. And we definitely don't feel that he's running right towards us. Um, but I just really feel that God wants to meet each one of you, his whole church here, uh, every person, nobody excluded. God wants to meet you. God wants to fill each one of the Oak Church with his Holy Spirit. He, he wants us to start this weekend, each one of us, uh, feeling him in that way, coming right towards you. You know, whatever the mess, 
whatever has just happened, whether you designed it or not, he wants to meet you. And he's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And that is for your counsel, our comfort. It's for intimacy. It's for the pure joy of, of knowing him. But also, it's so that when you go out of here, uh, when you get out of this building, because would the whole church get out of the building? <laughs> when you go out of here, he goes with you to reach the people around you in love and to let them know that actually, you know, there's a white horse running towards them as well. They're loved too. There's a purpose for their lives. So I'm going to finish there just because I think it would be really, really good um, just to each of us stand, worship, um, you know, open our hands and our lives and our hearts, whatever the mess, and meet God. So that's what we're going to do.